Hello and welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblet. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblet. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good morning, Mike. Mark. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Yeah, I had a very busy week this week. Um, cool. I must admit, I got to Friday feeling energized and tired at the same time. Is that possible? That is possible. <laughs> On Friday, I spend a lot of time uh, with guests for the, you know, my um, my TV show there, my sales acceleration show. Yep. And it leaves you empty after a few of those. You <laughs> have to. It's funny in front of a camera. You have to be very aware how your body is moving because you tend to, you know, flick your hands and do all that stuff. And then. Yes. I'm not used to shutting up, so when the guest is speaking, I'm just thinking, okay, okay, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? <laughs> so YouTube movies is, is, is hard, right? Podcast is a bit more natural, let's say. I, I can't believe you said that, that you're not used to shutting up. I, I always see you as the, sort of the shy, quiet, retiring. I'm, I'm trained, a sales guy, I'm trained to speak. You know, we hire sales guys because they're fluent speakers, actually. Yeah, true. But I wanted to talk about one thing. So this week… I actually was invited to host a roundtable, and uh, you could only enter the room. There were ten companies. You could only enter the room if you were in. In you had a media. You were a CEO of a media company. So think media agencies that goes from uh, publicity, you know, creating papers to creating um, uh, creating products. Actually, creating the whole design around it, and even um, like video production houses. So there were about 10 CEOs. You could only enter the room if you would have above 4 million euro turnover. So these were rather large companies. And yes. I was hosting and we were discussing about business. And it, the topic was sales, clearly, because I was there. And one thing amazed me completely. At a certain stage, they were all complaining about time. We were all running out of time. Time is so precious. But our, our customers do not perceive it that way. So I told them, I said, okay, guys. Do you know the concept of a value ladder? And it, the room went very quiet. And I'm thinking, everybody knows this, but apparently not. So I drew a, literally a ladder, and I put time on the top. And I said, that is the most precious thing you have. But we're all actually That's giving good. it for free to everybody. So how do, you, how do you position your time as the most precious? It is actually a perception. So if you put it up there on the ladder... You need to build those steps to get to time. And if you do it that way, people will actually realize that your time is precious and they'll actually give you a lot of money for that. Uh, you see very clear examples of that in you know, guys like Frank, Frank Kern and these gurus. And uh, Tim, Tony Robinson is a very good guy doing that yes. also. But that is more like B2C approach. But within a business, you can do it. And, and to give you a very simple example, for instance, you would start with a free use case and then you would actually – enter your email, and then every time when you do a step, you at a certain stage you start asking money, and then eventually they can get you. But if they get you, you're in the inner circle program, these type of programs. Now, mm. in any B2B company, you can do that. Uh, because at the end, I absolutely believe, and we talked about it last time, that you're actually selling 
to a person in a company. So all of our businesses, they're moving towards B2B2C. So these methods, these methodologies, you can actually apply very well. There is a guy, I think you wrote, read the book. If not, you should. has written a book about it. It's called Dotcom Secrets. Yes, it I only have. Talk, yes. It only talks about these mechanisms. And in the beginning, I thought, yeah, this is B2C. And the more I think about it and the more I'm applying some of these techniques, let's say, in a more corporate yeah. way, they are really valid and it's it the, works. The guy who started ClickFunnels, I think yes, he started it guy. four years ago and his business is now worth probably $40 million. No, he does turn. He just launched something. He does a turnover of a hundred million. Really? <laughs> yes, it's crazy, and it's actually a little SaaS solution. And Wait. and um, yeah, and he, he has this book writing about building your tribe. But he does all this stuff. It's impre- I mean, it's one of the big tips this year. You need to. Read wow, I must have been out of date. I don't. Yep. I, I think it'd been going. Perhaps it was when it was going three years. Because I was looking at the growth rate, because I was very interested in the way that he was marketing the business. Yeah. And yeah. I thought there were certain lessons that could be learned from what yeah. he was so doing. Yeah, so he's into this free webinar, and then it moves into a paid uh, webinar, and then it moves to a paid workshop. And then it's really that mechanism. But the way it works and the way he phrases and the way he tells stories – for instance, the way you can say no, also very interesting. And, and what I like, for instance, is this whole psychology. If somebody downloads something, we just tend to send the document. But what he does is, this, well, this person clicked yes. So in his mind, he said yes. Why don't I do an upsell straight away? So he says, okay, thank you for your email. Thank you for downloading. Why don't you register for our webinar? Like, bam. And almost nobody does it. It's very B2C, but in B2B, I've been trying stuff like this. It actually works. So I had these CEOs all looking to me, and they were like nodding, and they're like, damn, we never thought about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think for me, he's, he's a good example where I think that there are examples that other software companies can take and, and use because he's, he's what I would call one of the newer breed of companies. And a lot yep. of these companies, well, you, you just pointed it out, the, the rate of the growth there. And I think it requires for some of the, the more the old school to have a complete change of mindset in this area. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but mean, you, need to, you need to really, I mean, when you read it and when you see some of the stuff they're doing, you also need to put a proper layer of corporate or professional. I mean, you need to do, change it differently. So if you look at it, Straight away, it's like really B2C. So you need to find a way to tune it so it fits your business. I'm just putting yeah. up front because otherwise it looks a bit strange. Oh, absolutely. First. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, that's Russell Brunson. And the yeah, that's click, his name. Click exactly. Funnels. I know. Click now, you mentioned Frank Kearns. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Frank Kearns, to me, I just don't get it. You know, he's, he's, he's lauded as being this guru and, and he probably has had this success. I'm not denying that. But I look at his approach, and I've sat and I've listened. I remember the first one. I sat and listened to this webinar that he did for an hour and a half because people had told me, this guy knows what he's doing. He's really good. Mm-hmm. And I sat there disbelieving what I was hearing and thinking, I cannot see the value in this. I cannot see it working for my market. There's no lessons I can learn here and pass on. Yet... So many people that I speak to in the marketing world talk about him very positively. He's B2C, and he's about selling product B2C, and I get that, so there is going to be a difference. But his approach, for me, is so alien. 
Yeah, I, I, I hear good and bad about him. I, I checked his training. If I look at it, it's indeed B2C. It has a bit of this dot-com secrets type of, tech, I mean, let's call it lead hacking kind of principles in there. Yeah. But I, what I like is his speed. He's everywhere. He did a really good job. What I don't like is, of course, the classic pictures of him in the jet. I'm successful. I mean, it's a classic. You want to be like me. If you yeah. read the dot-com secret, you actually see it's called the soap opera. Yes. There is a whole mechanism behind it. Once you know it, 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 it goes away. I have another guy like that, by the way. Do you know Grant Cardone? Yes. I think, yeah. He yeah. took it like five levels further. And he's actually he, – this is crazy. He filled – a baseball stadium with his 10x 10 multiply show. It's a full baseball stadium going to a business event. I find it. I find it. I mean, it's there is a market for this. I'm amazed. But it's it's a, it's a promise to a potential future. You can get rich if you follow my example. Here is my Bugatti <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. I un- I understand why they're doing it, but I think I'm I'm looking at towards these people i'm always wanting to learn and i think that's 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 what i have to do you know i learn i've learned much i've learned from having businesses and owning a number of businesses myself so you learn in your own business but you learn in a linear fashion that way you know i live one year hopefully i get a years of experience because i don't go back and repeat that year the following year so i get year by year if i'm also looking very carefully at my client's business then I can get a year of their learning as well. If you look out into the market more broadly, because it doesn't have to be just within the software sector, I think that there are lots of of techniques in whatever area you're looking at and however you may interpret that word, and you mm-hmm. think, well, that can be applied into the software tech, or that I could apply that within my business. It makes us better. It enables us to deliver more value. Yeah. But But some of these things, I think... That just comes across as being very cheesy. And, and my, you know, who is my target market? My target market are senior software entrepreneurs, shareholders within, within you know, small, medium, and large size software companies. Mm-hmm. To p- apply some of those techniques, they are educated, intelligent people. <laughs> True. It's, it, True. It will fall flat. But what, why I like to watch these guys is purely technique. They are, they are mastering this thought leadership concept. True. Uh, yeah. depends, depends on your dream customers, of course. Yeah. But the one thing I always see all of them doing, they produce a lot. Remember last time I said it's about, it's about focus, it's about, it's about production and speed, and they produce a lot. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is like, how do I get into this production mode so I can share good yes. content, but like almost daily? And it took a while, and actually... One day, there was another one of these guys called Gary Vaynerchuk. He's also that one yeah. of those guys. I, he said something, and I just picked it's like You have to make it part of your daily routine, meaning it has to be natural to what you do every day. And then it's just a matter of, of, of having somebody to sort out the details. So I've been incorporating it into my day. And suddenly, I can produce at a rate which is just, I mean, it's almost ridiculous. If you wanted to, I can't do it five times a day, but once a day, I can get there. And that's the technique you need to learn from these guys. Just watching how they do it. I, and, I, I mean, I love yeah. the, I love the, the thought leadership thing is something that we've discussed before, and it's really yeah. been on my mind. It's been on my mind this week because yeah. I've been thinking more deeply about that. I'm thinking, actually, that is part of my job. 
that's what I need to do. And I need to do that in two respects. Is as the CEO of Boss Equity, I need to be thinking deeply about these things. But I think also with my clients, in talking to those leaders, I need to say to them, you need to stop working sometimes with your head down, you know, just busily working in the business. And you need to stop and you need to step back and you need to do this thought leadership. And what, what, what I think, to me, what thought leadership is or what part of it is, it's looking at an area of business or it's looking at a market or it's looking at a problem. And it's, it's going more deeply and going beyond what I'd say is what can be sometimes the cliches that you see out there. A lot of it on social media repeated over and over and over again. And as a consequence being taken as true. And, and there can be truths in them. But they get repeated sometimes beyond their value and the, beyond their life. The, the one thing that I, 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 I mean, I do a lot of this and I've seen my business grow like crazy because of that. Yeah. Two, two things you need to remember. It's not because you share your best idea that people can operationalize it, that they can do it. That's no. for me key. So yeah. I'm sharing a lot of ideas. The second thing I've noticed is so many people speak generically. And I go, yes. I go nuts. I want to know, yeah, I get it. How do I do it? So I add a lot of pragmatic, practical information on the details on here is a tip how you could actually do it. Here is an example of how to do it. just copy this. And that is real value for me. And maybe I, I've been in my life too much in these strategic meetings. But I like the operational part because that is what makes you win. This is not going to, this is not going to be a good podcast, Michael, because we're going to be agreeing too much on this because yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've, got to have, we've got to have some conflict. But I agree with that so much. I mean, I yeah. used to uh, many years ago, I won't mention his name. But I had a business partner and he used to sort of come to me excitedly because he would have an idea. And I said, that's good. It's great. Okay. But the key thing is actually the implementation of that idea because the idea in itself at the moment, it's just an idea. It, you haven't brought it to reality. And I would say, you know, in business terms, an idea has value. But it's probably you know five on the scale of between one and a hundred. Yeah. The implementation of it is probably ninety, and how you go about it. And I think that there are steps from taking the idea. I think that you need to think about it. You probably need to bounce off some people. I don't believe that you need to. You need to start a discussion with your whole company. I don't think yeah. that, that that works. You know the old no. saying about the. The committee designed the camel when they wanted a horse. Too many, too many people and people who have not had the time to think deeply about that issue. I think that that can cause problems. But then you need to educate people as to why this is is important. You need to look at it as orientation within your business to say, okay, it's important, but is it important for us? Is it important for us now? So you need to prioritize it. Because I think sometimes we can fall in love with our own ideas and we can think, that's yep. a smart idea. And we, we fall in love with this idea of being seen as smart because we've got a smart idea. And you charge off down an avenue and actually there are three other, four other things, ten other things that need addressing more than we do with this new idea. Yep. So, and then you need to know how do you implement it, but efficiency. And I, something I was going to mention 
on the podcast today was, and this is from this week, is I do see a tendency sometimes. And um, it's with well-educated people that they, they want to use that education and they want to, they often overcomplicate. And I think when you look at some of the very successful business people, somebody like Richard Branson, and I've read a few of his books. I think that the big part of it is about, with him, his success is about clarity, simplicity, and moving quickly. And simply, yeah. he keeps coming back. You know, keep keep it simple. Move on. Keep it simple. Make it understandable. Look, look at all these. I, you see that a lot, especially in the space of new technology like AI, artificial intelligence, or big data. All of those spaces. Yeah. These guys tend to say, we want to simplify whatever problem is there. And then they explain it in such a complex way. And I, I'm like, guys, I mean, seriously, just can you tell? And it's because they don't really know it yet, I think. I don't think they have the value prop clear because they don't know the dream customer, et cetera, et cetera. But I fully agree. I mean, I, I, think, I think that most keys first get going because every CEO I deal with, they always ask me, Michael, I should do thought leadership. How do I do it? And then they do what, you know, it's like going for the fitness. You feel bad and you want to go. It's January. You want to go to the fitness. And what you do, you try to go four days a week. It's just too much. You can't go from zero to four days a week. It's just never going to work. No, no, no. So I tell them, for instance, LinkedIn, our crowd, most of our crowds, if you go B2B, it's LinkedIn at the moment, said just do one post a week on LinkedIn. Just one. You can keep it up. And then you eventually move it to two. And it starts getting in your brain after a while. Like, okay. For instance, how do I do it? I just think of the first sentence. The first sentence you put there needs to be a hook. So I basically, all day long, I get questions and I, I tell stories. And then from time to time, I'm like, that's a good hook or that's a good sentence. And if I just have the one sentence, I can write the rest in 10, 15 minutes and I'm off. That, yeah. That's my technique, and then you need to find a good picture. I, but it's rather easy, actually. I understand that there's a right time to post as well on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, yeah, we've been discussing this for a while. I was told, a, you told me off. You told me off about posting at the wrong time. I said, yeah, I keep <laughs> telling everybody. So it's simple. You need to be there when you're at your audience. Their attention is on LinkedIn. So I did a lot of and lot of experiments, and I used to post in the week and all of it. But imagine how it works. People on Monday, they go to the office, they sit in a meeting, and the meeting is done on the first, typically the first week. The meeting is done around 11, and then they go back. They need to do a lot of stuff, but just before they start, they kind of check some, some of their social media. Most of the time, it's LinkedIn. So ideal posting go from Monday to Thursday in working hours and preferably between 11 to 4-ish. Friday, as of Friday afternoon, nobody touches LinkedIn. It's it's ridiculous how few so, people watch LinkedIn. So that fantastic post that I made yesterday, I've just wasted my time. That's what you're saying, aren't you? You not only wasted your time, you also the the algorithm will punish you because you 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 will not have a lot of reactions. So I hope it picks up on Monday. I'll I'll like it. I'll say something on Monday, so maybe it gets back into the into the mechanics. But you should you should from now on really spend time on posting it on the right moment. I also see too many people thinking. I need to post something, then they have time Friday afternoon, and then they, and I'm like, it's not about you. So yeah, you make your post, yeah. just don't waste your energy on the wrong moment. Just <laughs> shoot on the right, so do it on Monday. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I knew it to be true as soon as you said it. <laughs> but I, but I was focused on another aspect of it about LinkedIn and about how you, you just, use LinkedIn. You were just proud to write something and said, "I finally have time to do this." Right? Oh, I don't know. I've been I've been writing quite a bit recently. I mean, I, I have, I have sort of stepped back. But I think actually, there's one thing I'd like to discuss with you quickly, and it's and it's the step before some of the things that we're talking about on LinkedIn. And I and okay. I want you to keep calm here. All right, because this is <laughs> this is something that I have had said to me on a number of occasions. So it, it's valid because that's their perspective is LinkedIn is a waste of time. Okay. So what do you say to that? Well I I, I don't I, believe I, it, but this is this is what I've you know I, I can actually trace back with every post I do what the impact has been. I've been keeping this up for a year now. Yeah. And it, in the beginning, it takes a while. You need to build your audience. But I can actually say that I, I get a client per post almost. So I can calculate you how much money. And it's free posts. Huh? If you go to Facebook, you need to pay and all that. I mean, it's just, it would be crazy not to do LinkedIn. Eventually, there will be another system. I agree. But on this moment, B2B, thought leadership, you want to grow your yeah. business. LinkedIn is just a place to be. Do you know why? There is a statistic, and so they did a, a check. At the mo- you, I mean, let me tell you a very good statistic. I'm just opening it up here to see. 79% of the users are older than 35 years old. So that means if you think about decision makers in companies, most of them are older than 35. So the exact right crowd of decision makers, the people you want to reach, they're there. So it's, Secondly, probably, it's probably not the place to go if you want to sell skateboards then. But no, no, no. <laughs> then you go on Facebook and, I mean, every social media has, has their own merit. For instance, Pinterest, a very interesting one. Pinterest, 80% of Women. people on Pinterest are female. Yeah. And you know what's the most searched thing for? Shoes. And things to do with weddings. Yeah, weddings. Hang on, I added it. Yeah. Shoes, decor, health, craft, and cooking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they create well, they create boards because they're getting there's a wedding coming up and I can see yeah. how that works. I I use Pinterest, you know. If I'm yeah. putting together a course and I use it for my photography, if I'm putting together exactly. ideas, something creative, exactly. I create a board and I attach things. It's like a mood board. It gets. Me but thinking. you can you can leverage that. For Pretty instance, uh, you could actually what you could do is in your business whatever you can make a poster, but then you put it on Pinterest. See, that's the way to blend some of them but you need to try i believe you need to yeah. try so what i do sometimes is i'll go for it for like four six weeks that's ideal eh? i go for it for six weeks i really go i try to learn i do a lot of youtube f- f- videos like how does this work and i try lots of things and then at a certain stage it picks up or not and then i sometimes just stop it for instance i stop linkedin for a month to see does it have impact or not do you really need it and I have to say, I just picked it up, and immediately I see the impact on visits. And I mean, I, I, for me, it's clear. I think that's I think that's great advice. Yeah. But the thing for me, when I hear statements like that, is I want to know why, because I think if you can get to the why, it can help you understand. It can help you bring about change. And I hear it. I've heard it as well from software owners saying to me. I don't get it as much now. I must admit, but but I have heard it in the past is um, marketing doesn't work. LinkedIn doesn't work. Yeah, website it's... doesn't... You, you never sell anything from a website. Yeah, and well, and, and it's, it's a lack of understanding. Or the other thing is I've seen is 
they go out perhaps with a lot of enthusiasm because they've been sold on this idea of LinkedIn by somebody and they put a lot of effort into it and they get nothing in response. So they say LinkedIn doesn't work. <laughs> and it's not yeah. LinkedIn that's not working. They're just not doing it the right way. You know, I've, classic, I, a, a, a classic one to give that example is because the comp, they post as a company and then the CEO reposts it with no opinion. He just reposts it. I can yes. tell you, you will get one or two likes, and that's probably your, your family. <laughs> and, 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 and you should, I mean, guys, my advice, whoever is listening, just check out Michael Humblet, and it's written humble, and then you add a T. Just check out what I'm doing, and you'll see straight away the mechanics how to post on the right time, Mark. Yeah. And you'll see how it works. Just copy that. That's how I, I just copied one that I really saw was working, and I copied it, and I tried it, and it actually works. I mean, I, I, I want to make this clear, because I'm not, I'm not criticizing these people that are saying that, and I'm not patronizing them, because I know what it's like. I know why. Because... Mm-hmm. Because if you're running a business, you have got so many things coming at you from so many different directions. How do you become an expert in all these things? How do you learn what you need to learn, especially now, because things have changed, because, and again, especially in the software industry, things move so quickly. I mean, marketing itself moves so quickly. If we were having this conversation about social media 10 years ago, well, we wouldn't be having the conversation for a start. But even no. three years ago, it's now changed again. I mean, look at the way that Facebook has changed in the last year. And then you look at the announcements that they're making recently about how Facebook is going to change again. Yeah, and you've, you got to, you've got to pick all this up, plus run a business, plus worry about cash flow, plus worry about hiring. And it becomes a big pressure on your shoulders. So I get it, but I think... I think it's still important to discuss. I say, Mark, it's easy. If you're in B2B, one post a week on LinkedIn. Just keep that up. Forget the rest. Yeah. As a Something that's manageable. That's the first thing you need to do. One post a week, you'll get there, and you'll see the impact. If you post in the right way, you'll see the impact. Yeah. I think we should stop there, because otherwise I'm going to get... I, I need to write another post, actually. <laughs> <laughs> About this, I, do you know, I, I've got six things down here I wanted to mention, and I did, I did get a word in. You're doing no, this talking today, again. Today, you can do it next time. Today, I was uh, energized. <laughs> I had like five coffees, so maybe oh. I need to cut down on caffeine. I think, I think we'll have to do these podcasts earlier in the morning, actually, before you get so hyped up, because yeah. uh, I won't get anywhere. <laughs> no, no. Okay. All right. Let's end it there, then, and um, we'll catch up again next week. Catch you. See you later. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye.